Oh, we just got the three blanks of the green. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing on this great Memorial Day weekend Saturday? I'm Coach Dan, and of course, from far to close, we've got Coach Ryan. And joining us again back on the podcast, Coach Casey. The lovely in. Casey in the house today. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tuda is uh, taking a personal day. He's enjoying the weekend. I think he went to a concert last night. Yeah, yeah, some country thing, I think. Yeah, so he, he didn't get to take his sleepy time tea until about 2 a.m., mm -hmm. so he's going to be out until about 11 today sleeping. So, But you get us this morning, and we decided that we were going to throw something pretty fun out there because, you know, everyone is looking for, like, ideas as far as is the thing that I'm doing the right thing to do, like positive risks versus negative risks. And the fact that we've all discussed it on previous podcasts, that change can be scary and, and change can be downright terrifying. And the one thing that we hear is, you know, as coaches and as people just talking to, to our friends in real life, is that when someone is going to make a change in their life, it can sometimes be the most horrifyingly scary moment. And then everything afterwards is kind of you know, clear sailing and just taking that first step and that risk and that, you know, belief in yourself. And how do you even get to that point? It's a loaded question. Yeah, I think, but why is there so much fear initiated when you think about those type of actions? You know, what are, what are people really, really uh, afraid of? You know, is it failure? Is it what could possibly happen? And I always kind of go back and say like, hey, what's the worst case scenario? It's fear of the unknown. Yeah, I'm speak into your mic. <laughs> there you go better? yeah it's better uh, but the unknown but sometimes the unknown is it could be a great thing mm -hmm. you know but why does that fear paralyze so many people from even taking that step uh, but what's the worst thing that can possibly happen if nothing changes nothing changes mm -hmm. right so but i always look at like what's one of the worst feelings that you could ever have in your life and i go back and think about like high school sports how come i never tried harder or, or worked or did this it's regret, you know, yeah. and I think that's the one of the most paralyzing things. You know, looking at it from the regret standpoint, I think you and I have talked about one of your biggest regrets is you wish you would have read more books and taken in more knowledge. Yeah. I, I honestly look back because we mentioned school. I wasn't really into athletics as much. I wish you I, weren't. Well, I mean, high school wrestling. Okay. At it, least it wasn't swimming. Okay. Exactly. It good. wasn't swimming. Good, good. Uh, don't is that a shout out? Casey, did you swim? No. Okay. So I'm just making sure. Uh, Rachel Lambruno is going to punch me one of these <laughs> days. Uh, but the thought is, is it's like, I wished I would have put more um, stock in academics. I wish I would have studied more. And that's a regret on me. But I was able to make up for that later in life by realizing, okay, I wasn't a good student at this point. Become a better student later in life when I take more responsibilities for myself. I, I wish my, my <clears throat> older mentors uh, taught me the things that I learned older later on you know the the positive personal development books and stuff like that rather than hey the history book of the war of 1812 i wish that was introduced to me at a younger age so that way i had more i don't know fortitude to be more perseverant through the hard times instead of i don't know put on their victim pants type of thing mm -hmm. you know yeah changing your mindset outlook things yeah. like that yeah but I wish those were kind of like shared to us at an earlier age so that way we, we didn't have to kind of fumble along and then 
I think have to experience it. And it wasn't like, I think you had a life changing experience where you're like, Oh my God. No, well, somebody said, Hey, this book, cause I'll never forget the first personal development book I ever read. I had a client and it was the secret, um, super negative, And I was going through like, um, I don't know, a salary change at my job in New York city. I was getting paid $30,000 a year to manage a gym. And I was like, Hey, it's a year. Our numbers are up. Hey, can I get 40, which is 50 bucks extra paycheck. And they were like, no. And one of my clients, he was like, Hey, you're pretty negative right now. You should read this book. And it's called the secret. And I was like, Kev, I don't have, I remember this guy's name verbatim, Kevin, uh, Frederick, his name was, he'll never watch the show. Um, but he's like, Hey, you're super negative. Watch this book. Watch this book. Don't read it. Just watch it. Mm-hmm. It was actually a movie. That's oh, why I, I misspoke. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a cool thing. Cause I said no to him. I said, no, man, I'm too busy. And then I got fired. So that life-changing experience, I went and watched it on Netflix. And I was like, oh, my God, how come I was never taught to be you know, positive or think positive things? Or if I was negative, negative things compound for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish I was, I was 25 years old when I got, got fired from that. So, And do you think, because you and I, are, like, this is the thing about kind of the hierarchy here. You and I are kind of older, and then Casey and Josh are still are wear diapers. Yeah, I mean, they just stopped watching Rugrats when last she week. Ru- when she runs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Casey's never had an experience where she's had to go number two running. So um, I think in the next probably six weeks, it's going to happen. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm going to put Axe Locks in your water. Great. Yep, have fun. She's like, I, I don't know if I should trust him or not. <laughs> she shouldn't. <laughs> We're, I, don't, I don't ever remember those kind of books being available. It's like I almost think the Donna podcast made those thinkers available to us because growing up, like I remember there were those self-help books. Sure. But they were always, and, and I'm not like ripping on them, by people who had like 10 pounds of Aquanet in their hair and, you know, they, they spoke like snake oil salesmen and they didn't have any life experience and you couldn't check their life experience you just had to take what they said on face value that they had achieved all this stuff now you have some of the biggest podcasts in the world have these motivational people on it like uh like e or goggins or uh tony robbins and you have like the information about them you know their life story and you know that they've come from nothing at some points but case let's let's go back on your your era Mm -hmm. like how does that impact you now being what did you 22 23 that was close um so just freshly out of the womb how do you feel like that has impacted your your life and i know your mindset conditioning coach in high school kind of introduced you to that so has that been something like you're ahead of the game as far as us goes yeah well, I was just going to say, I feel like on the flip side of you guys, Josh and I are younger, but you are both the people that are doing that for us now. Sure. And so at 23, I feel like I do have that mindset where I'm able to stop and look like if I, like I did it the other day, I was having a bad day. So I was being really negative, acting like it was the end of the world. And I'm like, okay, it's the end of the day. Let's point out three positive things that oh, happened good. in my day. Even if it's something small, like Dan holding the door for me, like you did this morning. Like, that's a positive thing that happens sure. during your day. So, I don't know. I feel like it's your circle of influence, the people that are surrounding you. Yeah. And I also think that I know one of our topics for today is, like, change and risk-taking. I also think the people that you surround yourself with have to do with that as well. Because if you're trying to change certain things of your life or certain aspects, bad habits, create new good habits, if the people around you are not going to support that decision, then you're probably not going to be able to change. Yeah, I like it. 
I mean, let's let's talk about like risk taking. Is there such thing as a bad risk? Yes and no. Uh, well, I asked for a question. Is it yes or no? Is there such thing as a bad I think risk? That bad risks do exist. Yeah. I mean, you could take a risk and it can fail. That but doesn't do you, necessarily make it bad, though. It could be a learning experience. I was going to say, do you either win or you learn? You never lose. You never fail. You just figure out what doesn't work. Yeah. I think a, a bad risk is if it's detrimental to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could you could take a risk based on yourself. Like you could, I don't know. Obviously, drinking and driving. Okay, that's that's pretty extreme. That's a bad risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but do you think most people don't identify like, hey, I'm going to change jobs. That's a bad risk. Right. Most people are saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave a relationship." That's a bad risk. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of it, don't you think that the learning process of what you actually really, really want? You know, I think Mac just posted something. I was reading it while I was driving here. Yeah, I was reading it while I was driving here. Bad risk. Bad risk. Bad risk. Thank you. Good. <clears throat> um, it said something like, "If you do something that you don't care for." And you do it every single day. That's called stress. But if you do something that you love, that's called passion. Oh wow, that's a good one. So, like paraphrasing what the the quote was, I mean, that made a lot of sense. If we go to work of a job that we don't give two shits about, and we absorb all of that, that's stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why would we continue to do all that stuff? Well, I, I think we've said it on here before. It's like people become comfortable. Um, I've worked in places where it's like the people don't want to be there. They're working mandatory overtime. They they can't stand where they are. There's no upward mobility. But because they're guaranteed X amount of days off a year, because they know their holiday schedule, and because they know that there's the comfort of time and a half with the overtime, even if it is like 14 to 20 hours of overtime a week, they'll still do it. Because if they were to switch jobs, you never know how that's going to end up. And that, to them, is more stressful than the fact that they show up miserable every single day. But why do we always talk about occupations, though? Are we t yo, do we go down? You know, but that's, that's what I think we always attribute all of our stress to because we're yeah. working 40 hours a week. Yeah. It's an eight-hour day. You know, basically, we sleep eight hours, so that's 16 hours. Yep. We have eight hours to do whatever else we want throughout the course of the day. Why do we stress so much about that stuff when there's so much other things that we could put more stock into that's going to enhance our lives more? Yeah. You know, like the energy that we have if we, and I, I'll go back to fitness just because this is our field, but think about like how people are so scared to take the next step or to sign up for a 5K or to do something that they've never done before. Why do you guys feel like that is? Is it the perception of other people because they fail? Could be. Failure. Yeah. Itself, like yeah. Being scared of failing. Okay, but why are we scared of failing, though? I think it's like your, and you can probably relate to this too. Being a psychology major, like you have your rational brain and then your emotional brain. Your oh, emotional wow. brain is like, let's do this. You know, that's like your your creative, your fun, your um, like intuitive thought side, and then your rational brain is like, well, I've never ran a day in my life. You can't do this, so let's just not do it at all. Right. And I think with a lot of people, there's also an imposter syndrome that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. I think that that plays a factor because you see these people, and we experienced that when we did our marathon. You know, like we we all stood there in the back of the truck. True story. We're, we we are all tattooed up. We do not look like the typical runner people. And the runner people were walking by us, looking at us like we had like three heads growing off our shoulders. Meanwhile, what they didn't understand was is it's like. 
if we were any different and we started second guessing ourselves that morning, I think things would have turned out differently. I think people second guess themselves based on the perception of what is a successful person or what is a fit person. It's like, you know, people start somewhere. I, I posted something on Instagram last night. It was a Rogan uh, blurb where he's like, you know, the best part about today is, is it's like you have these people that do these amazing things and someone will sit back and be like, I can't do that. And then you find out about their life and it's like, wait a second, that's no different than me. I can get there too. They just need that nudge. Mm -hmm. It might be the fact that, you know, Casey brings up the rational brain, but also the people you surround yourself with. If you've got people who give you the side eye when you say, I want to go do this, it's like, ah, that's a lot. It's like a yeah. circle of influence yeah. you surround yourself with. Exactly. I think that it's it's a combination of their perception of themselves and then the perception of themselves based on the people they surround themselves with. But think about some of those like monumental accomplishments that you'll have in your life and I don't know, let's just say like running a marathon or, you know, a job change or promotion or, you know, graduating and getting a certain degree. I'm trying to go like all spectrums of it. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be somebody in life that's gonna say, like, you can't do it, it's not worth it. You know, they're gonna have that, like you said, circle of influence. Why do we always listen to those people? I think you have to learn not to. Yeah. This is a quote strictly from my therapist that I seriously say to myself like 10 times a day and it's you are not responsible for the reactions of other people. And I like every single day that just that one sentence resonates with my life in some aspect. Um, when she says it to me, it's more in the ask, like it goes with conflict. Like I really hate conflict. So she always says that to me, like you're not responsible for the reactions of other people in conflict or, but I think that applies in life too. Like you said, like if somebody says like, oh, you can't do that. It's like, you just have to remind yourself, like that's probably their perception of they can't do it. Or that's an insecurity on yes, their end. Yes, yeah. Yep. And I mean, it, that's a good quote. That was that's like some jaw-dropping stuff at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. We gotta get Dana on here. I yeah, <laughs> I would love. I'd love to sit there and watch all y'all's interaction with her. Just because. are we gonna do it um, in the south? <sighs> are we I'm, gonna go down south, like south of the border, and do it? Is it because I said y'all? I think y'all no. said <laughs> all right. well, y'all. You know it's political or it's not. Right. Okay. It's, it's grammatically would you, correct. Would you prefer use guys? <laughs> <laughs> That's more Luzerne for you. Oh damn! <laughs> Thanks, Gensford's finest. But like you, I Fortsville. I think that that's an amazing thing and it's like okay you're absolutely right however i i'm gonna play devil's advocate for that if you live in a situation where it's like constantly negative and someone else's failures are you're, poured you're, on you you're not a product of your environment i disagree with that all day long so because you have some of the people that live in the worst households look at goggins oh uh, you know look at the the some like mike tyson look at some of the most successful people in the world like you said their background story you know, they shouldn't have made it. No. Look at some of these athletes that, are, you know, come from the hood and don't have parents and uh, were homeless for certain years or adopted, and, and they come out of it. I was asking somebody the other day, and you were with me, what makes a person just make the decision to do it? Yeah. You know, like, we, we have, like, two or three people that have dr dramatically impacted and changed their lives. But dramatically, because they've changed their lives, impacted other people's lives, what makes them stay committed? What makes them say, like, I'm going to do it today? And I think that's a switch in the brain that I wish we could just bottle it up and then give it to everybody because everybody deserves that, that sense of, hey, I'm super proud of myself for this accomplishment. Mm -hmm. 
you know? So, like, one of the things, I think it comes down to dedication. And I think it comes down to commitment. And there was, like, I have, I've told you, I have a running list of quotes that I've, like, picked up over the years. And one that I, I keep at the very top of the list is, obsessed is a word the lazy use to describe the dedicated. Sure. And I think it's like when someone becomes so dedicated to, to personally <clears throat> changing their lives for the positive, it doesn't matter what outside chatter they're going to hear. Like, oh, you can fail uh, 99 times at doing something. That one success, that was worth all of the 99 failures. And that can, that can be a fitness thing. You know, we know people who would love to do pull-ups. And they'll fail and they'll fail and they'll fail. And then they do their first couple by themselves and they just lose their mind because they did it. Relationships. People can fail and fail and fail at relationships. All it takes is that one good relationship. And it's like, hey, I, all of those failures led to this one really amazing life-changing relationship i'm going to keep this yeah you know jobs as well how many how many crappy jobs have we all worked at yeah a lot to get to the one job where we're like this is my hand in the glove i do think like you know as far as occupations go you should go dabble you should go do things that you, do, you don't enjoy kitchen. so that way you, you yeah. know what you don't want to do for the rest of your life yeah we've talked about kitchen work is kitchen work and restaurant stores. work yeah, yeah. Everyone should work one summer in a restaurant, yeah. in, especially up here, because you want to talk about breakneck pace. You it comes in waves, or it can be just an onslaught for yeah. twelve hours. And I think you it teaches you social skills. Yes. It teaches you you know how to deal with the unhappy person. It teaches you um, that there are grateful people out there. It teaches you you know how to really really work hard. But then the thing with the restaurant business is that you're monetarily rewarded at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have to wait that week to, to see that paycheck. Yeah. You can kind of see the, you know, the reap of the reward after the evening. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, Casey, have you worked with anyone who, who came in? I think of Jen like and her entire family mm -hmm. like you made one positive influence on one person and now there are days where i'll be here and i've got two people coming in or i've got four people coming in going to the back and it's like that that positive impact happened had she not stepped out of her comfort zone yep. that entire family wouldn't be be where they are yeah for sure and something that i talk about with all of my clients is when you come in in the beginning you are motivated but that motivation doesn't last and so sure. what what do you do when the motivation wears off? Then it becomes discipline. Discipline is going to be different for everybody. It doesn't really matter what it is that's going to get you here, but it's got to be something. Like for me, do I want to wake up at four in the morning most days and come work out? In the beginning, I really didn't. But now it's like second nature. I look forward to it. Part of that with the discipline, I think, is knowing if I don't come, probably going to get shit on later. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, what do you do in that? I don't know if it's motivation that gets people to start, though. I think, okay. I think something in their brain is like, okay, I've had enough of it, mm -hmm. right? You always say, like, what's your why? What's your why, yeah. right? But everybody always says when they come in, I'm just not motivated, okay? I think you become motivated once you start to see results, okay. mm. right? And what keeps you going is discipline yes. but what is it that gets you over the edge that says enough is enough i have the courage to step outside my comfort zone to do this because it's so important to me because if it's not important i always say like to my clients how you do anything is how you're going to do everything mm -hmm. right if you treat it like a four or five on your scale of one to ten you're going to get four or five results and you mm -hmm. can't be unhappy with that but what gets them <clears throat> like I'm gonna do it 
I, I mean, some it's courage, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I, and there's different, people like to use that word and they like to say, this is courageous. It's like, anything can be courageous. We had someone walk in here this week. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It was the, like, honestly, I told her that was the most honest, blunt, one word answer I've ever gotten was, how do you feel today, young lady? Very intimidated. And it's like, you're walking into a brand new situation admitting you're intimidated. You're getting past that hump. You're you're at least admitting that there's something going on, but you're walking in the door and you're putting in the effort. So uh, let's peel back that onion layer. Why are we intimidated? We're intimidated because we're in our most vulnerable state. Yes. Right? We walk in a door. You can see all of our imperfections physically, um, how you move, how you look, but it's based on the perception of other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like you said, how do we really, really stop caring what people think about us and i think it's a practice it's not something that we can have an affirmation that we're going to read every single day it's a quote sure but until you practice it it becomes um this like cloud that hangs over your head all the time right because yeah. you're walking in the room and you're like what are they thinking about me what, they, what should i wear can i wear something that's not less revealing uh, i can't run because things are going to jiggle or whatever mm -hmm. i think it's just it's the perception of other people weighs so much and, and plays too much of a role in everybody's lives. Mm -hmm. And until that cord is cut, then I don't think you'll ever have that. And that's where Jay Shetty's book really kind of helped me think like a monk. Like he kind of like said, I'm not who you are. I'm not who you think I am. I'm not who I think I am. I am who you think I am. Mm -hmm. Did I say right? I believe so. I yeah. am who you think I, I think, think I, I am. am. Yeah. And if you think you are going to be successful, it's like, uh, you know, you, we're going, this is going to be really funny, going from Jay Shetty to Conor McGregor, the new McGregor Forever thing. One of the interview clips that they showed is he basically said, I visualized. I visualized me being successful. I visualized me being double champ. I visualized me being a millionaire. And with driving a car down the street when his car wasn't even working, he yes. didn't have a car. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the, that man's story, once again, like humble beginnings, it's like, he saw himself being someplace and he made it happen but it was the work and the drive mm -hmm. that you that you have to have and i think and casey you know to go from your i don't want to wake up at 4 a.m to work out thing you know it's very hard to wake up at 5 a.m in the morning and go for a run when you're sleeping in silk pajamas yeah but but also think about this and i would i would flip the narrative and say i don't want to wake up at 5 a.m or 4 a.m I get to wake up mm -hmm. at 4 a.m. You said that to me once. Yeah. And and, and that was been coached to me by Sean. Hoorah. Um, I think that's a cool thing to think about because there's some people that can't. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to like emphasizing our gratitude that the fact, hey, I'm, I'm able physically, mentally, spiritually, I can do that, that task. And most people can't or afford not to or they're physically unable to. But what's one thing that people could practice to give them that courage, what do you guys think, three of us being in therapy? I think with change, um, a lot of times people go like all in, 100%, full force ahead. And sh you can't change every single aspect of your life at once because something is bound to go wrong. And I think when you're just starting out trying to change something, create a new habit, um, it's hard. And if you fail at something once, then it's like it creates a domino effect. And then, like, for example, if you want to start working out and eating better, but you skip one workout, say you're really, really good five days a week. And then you're like, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go do a workout. And then you don't do the workout. Then that same night, you might be binge eating ice cream on the couch because in your head, you're like, well, 
you know, I already skipped the workout today. I might as well just do it. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. And so I think I'll start again on Monday. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's like, you have to just start with one thing at a time. Don't try to change everything at once. Yeah. Dan. So, uh, I have a whiteboard next. This is like an extreme case. Some people say positive affirmations into a mirror. That's one of the things that my therapist said to me. He said, or write down, your mantra or something and put it someplace where you can see it every single day so in my kitchen i have a whiteboard and it's got two phrases written on it um remember what you are and underneath it in quotes is i'm dan effing roberts uh i edited for mom thank you you're welcome and the reason why i do that is is it's a reminder to me that like hey like remember who you are like Mm. In your worst times and there have been you know in in the absolute most dog crap times those were in the past and i'm where i am now because of those and i'm able to make influences on on people and and try my best to be a better human today than i used to be do my best do my best and you know i i do it every single day but it's because i have that written on my wall like as a reminder to like who who you are and i think that people sometimes forget who you are like you you can go through all these dramatic experiences mike tyson you know Conor McGregor, all the Goggins, all these people, but they still came out of it, and they still worked hard to become better. We always look at athletes too, but let's look at like the single mom out there. Yes, you know, let's look at like, you know, the the family that adopted kids or the people that are rescuing puppies. Geez, I'm just trying to be minimalistic, to, even though I love puppies. Um, I think for sometimes visualization, what's the first thing that we look at every single day? Phone. Your phone. Why don't you put it on the background of your phone? Because you're going to constantly pick it up and see it. I have a Kobe Bryant tattoo that says, uh, be legendary. I mean, that's my affirmation. Mm-hmm. But it's, those are little like cues to, to constantly remember. I always say, like, hey, if you were fit one day, find a picture of yourself in your most healthiest state, and that will be a constant reminder for you. Yeah. I know you have questions because I want you to write them down. And, and read them to us. I'm open up my little book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. that's such a beautiful book. It's such a beautiful book with beautiful handwriting. Mm-hmm. Oh, my thank you. Such oh, teacher handwriting. You. Okay, some of these I, I had already covered. You kind of asked this question um, to us, but like, what are some coping strategies that you guys have to dealing with change? <sighs> we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but I can tell you what not to do. <laughs> I can, I, don't I, drink. Don't drink. Yeah, I'm, I, it makes I, it worse. I, I'm. I'm. I'm being. Kids, PSA, don't drink when you're depressed. Uh, like, I think that the one thing that we do when we are stressed out is the worst possible thing we can do, and that's either drink um, or do other extracurricular activities which are bad for us. Mm-hmm. And that takes us away from, that gives us an excuse why we are in a failed state. Yeah, but it's also that this shit's still going to be there than when you wake up and exactly. you're sober. So. And you're, or hungover, and you have to deal with it with a hangover. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, coping strategies. I see. Be, be more responsible for yourself that way. You yeah. know, don't mask it. Yeah. Like, deal with it head on. What would the advice that you'd give a friend to do? So, if your friend's unhappy and he's going through some shit, or she's going through some shit, what are you going to go tell her to do? Hey, I bought this bottle of vodka for you. Go drink it to your face, mm-hmm. and then guess what? You'll feel so much better <laughs> the next day. Like, come on. Like, we wouldn't tell someone to do no. that. So, why would we do it ourselves? Exactly. You know. It puts you in a false sense, and I kept saying like I had a, had a uh, trying week, let's say. But I said, imagine if I drank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I w- would never come in. I would be shit. I wouldn't be of value to anybody. Um, 
I think that's a coping mechanism by itself is self-awareness. Identify that the fact that you're not in a great headspace. Do something for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Okay. Do you have another question? No, I kind of asked all my questions already. Didn't even need to look in the book. Wow. Oh, wow. That, okay. The memorization. Or you asked and then we answered, so. Mm. Glad we're on the same page. So what, what do you do for your coping strategies when you're stressed out? I mean, they... Wrong. I 911 yeah. reach out to my therapist, but go ahead. Well, I've never done a 911. Well, not 911, but I say 911 like, hey, I got to go in and see you today. Um, running is a big thing for me. I try to, when I'm feeling like down and bad about myself, I just try to replace that energy with a positive energy, doing something that makes me feel good. And most times I really don't want to do it. Um, after the fact, I have that mindset of like, I get to do it sure. um, and I, I always feel better after, but like we had talked about before, how do you get someone or get yourself to the point of learning? Okay. When something bad is happening, I need to do something good. Even if I really don't want to, I think that's the hardest part. I think being by that. yourself too is a, is a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I went and played golf by myself, even though I don't enjoy that. It's just kind of allows you to kind of. Not have the outside noise necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like when you go for a run, guess what's in your head? Your own thoughts. Yeah. Yes. You know, you have some sort of music in the background, but it's literally in the background. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're you're singing in sync in you. What's your running playlist? What's your go-to running song, by the way? Uh, Segway. Oh, that's really hard. Off the top of my head, I don't know if I can answer that question. What's one song that's on your playlist? One song. Uh... One kiss, Dua Lipa. <laughs> okay. What's your what, What's yours? Uh, depends on the mood that I'm in. Okay. So I'll throw on. Um, <laughs> I like Eminem. That's usually if I'm like with a group. Um, I've had <laughs> boy bands on before, just because I know all the words and it kind of distracts me. Right. Um, <laughs> That's it. No, I'll run to Britney I need Spears. I like a fast, fast I, Sometimes I do, though, but I'll also start my runs listening to slower music so I don't come out the gate so hot. Yeah. Mm, and we're totally segmented uh, on this topic. Um, let's go closing comments, questions, thoughts. What would you tell a person sitting on the couch now debating on taking some sort of risk? Oh, just do it. No. Right? That's the, th- the typical response we always get. Well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a page from my old man. My old man used to tell me, if you have a decision, take a piece of paper, wants and needs, negatives and positives. What's the worst that can happen by doing what you're going to do? And then write down what are all the positives, the positives that can happen. And Spell if, that. Positives? Positives. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's either Texas draw or loser and redneck. Which one do you want me to be today? Positive, positive. <laughs> um, and you know, go from there. And honestly, like, put some faith in yourself. I think that I think that too many people are okay with being where they're at because they just don't have enough belief in what they can mm-hmm. do. And you can do a lot, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. I was going to, I'll segue off that because I was also going to say to write down like all the good things that can happen from whatever the risk is that you want to take and always go back to that to remind yourself why you want to do this, but also put the phone down. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's one of our biggest problems in our society today is just the social media. And we've talked about this the last time that I was on the podcast is comparison and you see, you can see everything that pretty much everybody else in the world is doing. 
Um, and comparison is like your worst enemy. And so I think just removing, like I've done that, I've taken social media breaks where I just delete all my apps, three months go by. I always re-download it and then end up in the same point that I was, but you know, it's really, really good for the mental health to just remove yourself from that world i guess i'm lucky enough i don't look at social media as a stressor like i don't give two shits what anybody else is doing sometimes i mean you're like "Mm, how does that guy have that but you kind of like trust the process i think that's one thing trust the process um i kept saying to myself under trying times life happens for you not to you so the events that are you're going through are a growth state and um my therapist didn't tell me this, but I've learned this. Think about the worst possible day of your life. Think about it. Okay. You made it out alive. Yeah. You made it out. So think about the worst possible thing that's ever happened to you. You made it out the next day. So when we think that life can't get any worse, you're still here today. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of like, always kind of go back and say, um, minimizing trauma, you know, somebody else has it worse mm. i mean mm-hmm. right <laughs> yep. we're not supposed to do it but on the spectrum if we kind of put it in that perspective i think you'll realize that your situation is not that bad um and then when you take a risk you know just go for it mm-hmm. have some courage you know you'll never know what could happen if you don't attempt to fail yeah and if i can piggyback off that chances are someone has done or experienced the same thing you are going through right now so we live in a world where there's millions of podcasts there's hundreds of thousands of millions of hours of audiobooks talking about subjects like this investigate your situation and chances are there's someone who's experienced it and talked about it and you can talk about it too yeah uh, and and like you said circle of influence to find somebody that's gone through the same thing that you have and reach out and lean on them you know always ask their opinion how did you go through it what was the, the steps that you did hey somebody that um, went through a breakup, somebody that lost, left a job, or somebody that lost a loved one, how did you cope? How did you grieve? How did you take the chance to be like, hey, I want to be vulnerable enough to go through the process and learn from it? And not even like saying win or lose. I just say like learn from it, experience life. Because I think if you live in this little cocoon and don't experience it, you'll never seek fulfillment. No. That's a weird word for, for most people. Fulfillment? Fulfillment, yeah. Why do you think it's a weird word for so, for most people? Do you think that we're just Because there's no identification of it. Because okay. I think it's so different for every single human being. Yeah. You know, some people get fulfillment off of how big their bank accounts are. Some people are like how influential they can be. Some people are like, hey, I want to be the best father or mother, whatever case, whatever. Um, but I don't think fulfillment is so, it's not this thing that we all can reach and grab. You know, a title we can reach and grab. A position we can reach and grab a marital status we can reach and grab but i don't think to feel fulfillment like yeah like i did a good job today or like i am who i want to be today i don't think most people can identify with because they've never put themselves out there to understand what's going to make them fulfilled yeah for sure that was my therapy session this week yeah what's going to give you fulfillment mm-hmm. mm. i like it yeah we got to get her on yeah we will mm-hmm um awesome somebody do josh's duty all right so <laughs> hey, wait, hang on, hang on. Ready? <laughs> wait 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 ready, he does ready? the point he does the point my girlfriend <laughs> okay um so 
Like and subscribe to the Gym 518 on Facebook and Instagram. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as our awesome producer continues to put our content on there from past episodes of Coaching Over Coffee. Uh, follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. You can reach out to us at our names at thegym518.com. And, of course, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Is that enough finger pointing for Josh or is there one more in there? Uh, I just think it was a great uh, ending to why our game show is going to be ending on tonight. Hey, yeah, and you guys will win when you watch our next episode. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Rap.